0: We are back with the Xbox Game Pass show. I am your host, Tom or Robots, and I'm here as usual with my co-host, Sam or N7 Legends. Sam, how you doing, buddy?
1: It's going well. I'm staying out of the heat here. We broke another heat record in Portland today. I believe it reached 113 degrees Uh, and roads are starting to buckle here in the Pacific
0: Northwest. Well, at least you can cook your breakfast on the sidewalk now and your dinner.
1: I went outside because i needed some cheese and sour cream from a grocery <laughs> store that is only two blocks away and i'm not kidding it felt like my eyes were cooking inside of my skull when i stepped outside um jeez. Oh, yeah i don't think i can ever live in death valley
0: so no that sounds that sounds ridiculous well um that's unfortunate but hey at least we've got at least for now we've got air conditioning and video games to play and this is yes. the xbox game pass show so welcome back everybody this is the show that brings you the latest news and leaks and upcoming games and first impressions about the new games on the xbox game pass and we're here as usual this is uh, kind of a regular thing now this is a what our fourth episode i think four episodes
1: already it is our Fourth episode. So we're about a month in
0: a month in and we've got some big news that actually just came out tonight. It is Monday night at 1030 p.m. Eastern, and we are live currently at twitch.tv slash robots radio. So you're always welcome to come join us live and get the latest news as soon as possible and look at our beautiful faces so um but here's the the big news sam this is what do you think about this because we kind of chatted about this a little bit before the show the um so microsoft has just announced that they've now expanded the xbox game cloud to uh, not everybody but pretty much everybody Uh, like uh, really close to everybody right
1: yeah, it's, it's, it's as close to everyone as I think they're going to get, as uh, unless they want to open it up past Game Pass Ultimate. Um, the rundown is basically that anyone who has Game Pass Ultimate, and if you own a Windows 10 PC, an Apple phone, and an Apple tablet, and it was already open to Android, I believe. So yes. now we have everyone with Game Pass Ultimate with those devices are eligible for Xbox Cloud Gaming. And prior to this announcement, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you needed an invitation to Xbox Cloud Gaming from Microsoft.
0: I don't remember if I needed one to get it on my phone. I think I could just as long as I had ultimate and I had the app, I think it let me do it on my phone. But it, it gave me warnings that this was a beta. This is still early. Um, I'm not sure that I had to get an invite. Unless it was as simple as just ask for it and they let you do it as part of like the login. I don't I don't recall exactly, but this news is is kind of crazy cool because if you have a Windows 10 PC, this is like you could have the the dumpiest laptop as long as it can run Windows 10 and has a browser. And that browser could be Edge or Chrome or Firefox, then you can you can just log into a website and stream the games that are currently Xbox One Xbox and some of the old Xbox 360 games that are on on Game Pass and the new ones that will only work technically on Series X or series s because they've now upgraded also and this is the second part of the news the back end of their systems so the servers that they are running these games on in the cloud are running at the level of xbox series x consoles not the xbox one s consoles as they previously were so even if you're just playing on the cloud on a crappy laptop or on your phone you could be getting 120 frames per second on the newest titles and that is that is intense. We are, we are living in a magical world of the future where the world is burning down and it is hot. And at the same time, we can play video games at 120 frames per second on our phones with all of the settings looking awesome. Or on our crappy PCs. This is nuts. What do you think about this?
1: Well, you were you and I were chatting a little bit before the episode, and you explained to me the technology behind it, which I think some of our listeners might find interesting as well. Which you uh, you use the analog that basically it, it was like Netflix, but. Uh, a series of buttons are being exchanged. So, uh, and you told me that almost all of the computation is happening on the server. So that's how this is, you know, this is how Microsoft is able to give us this type of capability where you can play an Xbox Series X or S game without having an Xbox Series X or S. So that's pretty awesome to me
0: yeah yeah it's uh, yeah i mean that's basically it is the server is doing the computations so you you press a button on your controller the app or the browser and this can run in a browser is sending the signal that you are sending with your controller through the internet to the server the server is registering that as if a controller was directly connected to that server like it was plugged in it, there's just a little bit of delay because it goes over the internet, the server does the computations renders the screen. It, like the game is running on the server. It computes what you're doing with the button presses. So move my character forward, jump, shoot at the bad guy, whatever. And then it's all it's doing is sending a signal that contains the images and the sounds back to your device, whether that's on your laptop or your phone or whatever. And so you're you're receiving what is the equivalent of a Netflix signal, like an HD Netflix signal, and you're just sending back and forth the button prompts. That's it. Everything else happens on the server, which means that as long as the servers are good, they're going to the quality of the game is going to be good. You know, the game's going to run as good as it will on a Series X because that's what the servers are. The, you know the capabilities of those servers now so it's it's like magic it and the delay isn't I've been talking about this since the first episode I've done this on my phone over a Wi-Fi connection this isn't even a PC that's wired into the internet this is a Wi-Fi connection in my phone across the house away from my router and I was playing games that uh, heck I could play doom on my phone there's a little bit of a delay like a little bit you will notice,
1: That was going to be
0: my question. Yeah, you will notice that if you push, like, let's say dodge to the right, there's a there's a split second of a delay. It is not unplayable by any means. And the more you do it, the more you get used to it. Now, you're not going to, say, speed run a game with like frame precision. Perfect, you know, frame precision. It's, It's not going to happen. But to be just comfortably sitting on your couch and playing the game and just chewing through some stuff, or especially if you're doing a game where you're very, very used to the content. Like a, a, a game like, I don't know, Sea of Thieves, where you're, you're running around in the world and you're just kinda doing the next thing and you're gonna fight some skellies and the skellies aren't particularly hard. You just gotta run up and, and hit them and then keep them from eating the bananas. I don't understand why skellies eat bananas, but you keep them from hitting the bananas, you kill them, you pick up the treasure chest, you put it back in your boat. It doesn't take a whole lot of precision if you're a little bit off on a swing, it's not gonna be the end of the world. You know, this isn't playing Doom on nightmare level or something. So if you're doing that kind of stuff, especially, or games where there's no precision needed at all, games where it's like turn-based battles or uh, puzzles or you know anything that doesn't require any sort of reaction time, then it's almost, the the delay doesn't even matter. It's almost non-existent. Um, Everybody's tried like clicking through a menu that lags a little bit where you like hit to the right and then you'll notice it just waits a slight bit and then moves to the right. And I'm talking like, I don't know, maybe 60 milliseconds, maybe 90 milliseconds, like a very minimal amount. I'd have to time it to know, but it's not a second. You're not clicking and waiting. You're not going 1000, move, boom, 1000, move. You know, it's, it's actually very quick. So it's worth trying out, especially because you can do it in a browser now.
1: So it sounds like people who might be wanting to use this for super competitive gaming like Call of Duty, they might be bothered by the delay, but other people who really aren't using it where they need to be so instant with their reaction times, they will find it a little bit better. Say if you wanted to play Civilization.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't recommend doing something super competitive unless you're just okay being a casual gamer and you're not very good at it anyway and it doesn't really matter. Um, Or you're playing one of those games like, let's say you're playing a game like Battlefield and you prefer to just be a medic and follow people around to drop med kits and help people get back up. You don't need a ton of precision for that. I mean, every so often you're going to shoot at somebody, but you could play a game. You just may want to pick your role a little bit differently because if you both, if you're in a situation where you're both come around a corner and you're shooting at each other's heads at the same time and you click the button exactly the same time, the person with less lag is going to win. And that's always the case for online games. That's why it shows your ping next to your, your, you know, your, when you look at like the, the sheet that shows like your scores and all that stuff, that's why it shows your ping. Cause you know, like if I'm at 25 ping and this guy's at 50 ping, then I'm, technically i have half as much ping and i have half as much delay between me and the server that they do so if we hit our buttons at the same time i would win um now just imagine you were to inflate that ping by a reaction variable of another 60 to 90 milliseconds or or so is and that's what i'm guessing i would i would love to see some actual stats on that that's kind of where this is at right now um and until we get uh, like fiber optic cables running across the entire country, we're not going to have, you know, delays less than about 25 milliseconds. So, um, but even that isn't, you know, isn't a game breaker by any means.
1: No, it doesn't seem like one at all. And, you know, the, I don't want to understate the fact that. It looks like Microsoft is kind of expanding Xbox One's lifespan, which to an Xbox One gamer like myself matters a lot. And they're doing that by allowing us to stream the Series X S games. Um, so, you know, that of course is a good marketing ploy, but it's also, I think, an example of empathy from a company who has seen, uh, two things happen during this pandemic. One, of course, there's been a lot of economic hardship for people, but two, there's also been a shortage of consoles and computer chips. So I see this as a way for Microsoft to kind of expand their services to a greater audience to say, Hey, you know, look. We're not just in this for the bottom line uh and we do understand what's going on in society right now but how can people sign up for this
0: thing um i believe if you are an xbox uh game pass ultimate person you can just go to the xbox.com slash play uh page and you just set it up like it's it's really pretty simple and if you aren't currently on xbox game pass then use our little link use our little code uh, bit.ly slash 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 man words are hard slash xbg pass so bit.ly slash xbg pass that'll give us a little bit of a kickback for when you sign up or when you renew it if you need to renew your subscription, you can do that as well. Um, that's just kind of a thank you and a way to help support the show. You can do that. It doesn't cost anything extra. And if you aren't already signed up, they still have a deal right now where you can get $1. For, oh, you can get $1. You pay $1 to get three months worth of Xbox Game Pass. Xbox Game Pass. Oh, man, guys, words. Words are just not working today. Uh, you know what I'm saying, though. Go use that link and then go get yourself some Game Pass. Um, but it's that simple. Just go to the website and set it up.
1: Yeah, and um, just a a note, in in case you're brand new to the entire uh, infrastructure here, that Xbox Game Pass Ultimate is kind of one step up from Xbox Game Pass. And so it, it will cost a little bit more of a surcharge. But in my opinion, it's totally worth it because it also includes EA Play games. So all of the, you know, EA games that would be in what used to be known as the Vault, uh so think of nba live fifa those types of games of even mass stuff. effect all the mass effect games yeah far cry uh, those are
0: all included on the a Play. yep uh dead space i just i was scrolling through it the other day all the dead space games those games are super creepy i had the i had the feeling of like oh I, need, I was like i need to go jump back into this and play with my son i'm like hey he's probably still too young it's probably too creepy for him it was creepy for me and my it's my, pretty scary Yeah, it, yeah Whenever this came out, 10 years ago. Uh, Yeah, pretty creepy stuff. Um, But yeah, that's big news. Uh, But we've got a bunch of other stuff to get to today. We've got some games leaving soon to make sure that you guys are aware of those in case you wanted to try them out or at least get, get enough game time in before they leave. And then we have some new ones that are recently added. And we've got some of our impressions on the second half of the show about some of the games that we've been able to play, including some of the newest games that were added to Game Pass. So. Um, So why don't we move ahead with this? So what games do we have leaving soon? What things should people jump into if they can?
1: Well, there's a few, and I think we mentioned them on a previous episode. So this is kind of a final warning. You know, here are the games that are leaving very soon. And today is June 28th. So if you're listening to this after the fact, they may have already left. They are Soul Calibur 6, Monster Hunter World, Outer Wilds, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, The Messenger, and Battle Chasers Night War.
0: Yep. So get on those as soon as you possibly can, if they're still available and if you wanted to try them out before they leave. And then we have some new ones, including uh, some that were just recently added to this list. And let's just run through this list as well. Backbone for PC. I don't, you know, I don't know a whole lot about Backbone. Have you seen anything about Backbone?
1: Yeah, Backbone is the one that is a side-scroller raccoon detective game. And uh, oh, yeah. the pixelated yeah. one that looks pretty quirky, yeah. So I will definitely be checking that out whenever I can get the PC.
0: That's right. Yeah, that is available now, isn't it? Isn't that available now?
1: I believe it is. Yep. 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 Um, I believe it was added June 24th.
0: Okay. So yeah, yeah, you're right. Yes. So this includes, um, some of the other ones that are available now as well. That's right. Sorry. I'm just catching up on the details here. (laughs) Um, then we have arcs fatalis, which is, uh, the older, you know, this was a Bethesda title from a while ago, isn't it?
1: it it certainly looked like one i know that uh i don't know if arcane was part of bethesda at the time but it's from arcane and it was an older you know dungeon diving rpg and then just from the looks of it when i saw it on the xbox.com you know preview it looked very similar to morrowind you know the same type of polygonal faces mm-hmm. uh same type of simple and you know I, I say simple but it wasn't simple at the time simple dungeon layout um that kind of thing so if you liked morrowind chances are you might like arcs fatalis and that's and by the way uh that one is only available on pc
0: yeah that's only pc uh then we have iron iron harvest and this one i actually tried out this last week it is a steampunk so if you were to imagine world war ii but with uh steampunk robots very large steampunk robots uh and it's an rts style so it it feels a lot like uh company of heroes if you if you played those games and this is only pc as well i
1: actually did
0: yeah 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 so it feels a lot like that i'll talk a little bit more about that in the second half of the show um then we have proteus which Looks like a, I mean, I tried this one out as well. This one is very much a spiritual successor of the original Doom and Quake. It's kind of halfway between each of those. And I had actually dived back into the original Doom in order to show my son the game and how silly it looks now compared to like modern Doom. Um, But yeah, this is the way that levels are designed, everything. It looks very, very upgraded, but kind of uh, pixel art in a 3D space, but with the same kind of like heavy music and lots of blood and shooting all the enemies and similar kinds of enemies, even as doom. So if you like doom and you like the way those old games feel, but you want that in kind of a new modern package, then this game is definitely worth checking out. It's, it's fast and furious and it rocks pretty hard. Um, and then there's the next one on the list is Medieval Dynasty. I gave this a try as well. This one is kind of like a first person uh, build your village, go farming, survive, hunt, and it's very relaxed. And I'll talk a little bit more about that uh, moving forward. And then we have some other Bethesda titles that are now available, uh, Fallout 1 and 2, and Tactics. Tactics is kind of the uh, stepchild in the family. It gets It gets the least amount of love. Uh, but it might be worth checking out some of those, if you if you want to see, especially the lore and the way the world was in those games before things got updated for Fallout 3 and New Vegas and Fallout 4 and then 76. So um, definitely worth checking out or at least trying and seeing if you can get past the, the age of the games because games from this time period are a little bit more difficult when it comes to um, not only getting through the game, the games are hard, but uh, the controls are a little bit less intuitive, and they don't have the modern touches that many games do. And um, speaking of uh, Fallout, New Vegas Ultimate Edition and Fallout 3 Game of the Year, so if you didn't jump into those, if you're somebody who started Fallout at Fallout 4 and you wonder what all the hullabaloo is about those two games, I I said hullabaloo, that's a good word. that's definitely worth checking out. Those two are great games. And especially with all of the DLC content, which both of these include, that's some of the best content in a lot of people's opinions and some of in my opinions, too, um, especially when it comes to New Vegas. A lot of people love New Vegas for the main content, but then especially the ways that the, the DLC, DLC expands the world and that kind of stuff
1: yeah and uh so those are available on pc mm-hmm. and the regular editions of those games are available on console too it's just that when you're when you're on console you don't have the uh luxury of all of the dlc included with those i suppose uh, however but however when it comes however, to best games and game of the year editions um morrowind does include the DLC on console. So there's that. And so for pretty much all of the games that we just mentioned, those are all focused for our PC players. Um, So let's talk a little bit about what the rest of the Game Pass community might be interested in hearing about uh, the cloud and and console players.
0: Yeah, we've got Worms Rumble. This is another one I tried out this week and it is available for both uh, cloud console or all three cloud console and PC. This one is uh, if you played any of the Worms games, they're super charming little worms with gigantic weapons and bombs and and ridiculous things like exploding sheep and bananas. And those games were traditionally done in turn based ways where you'd kind of fight against a another team or two or three on a map that was destructible and you did take turns lobbing things at each other and this is very much the same kind of side view version of that but in real time so imagine maps where you can run around with a bunch of other worms and you pick up weapons and you shoot at each other until everybody dies so it's very chaotic I'll talk a little bit more about that later as well then there's um and then there's, oh go ahead
1: I was, I was going to say that I, this next one looks really, really great to me. Uh, I love the, the humor that was put into the making of this game. It's called Going Under. Uh, And it's available for cloud console PC, uh, as the rest of these actually are. And so the game is described uh, on the Xbox website as a, quote, satirical dungeon crawler about exploring the cursed ruins of failed tech startups. As an unpaid intern (laughs) in the dystopian city of Neo-Cascadia, you'll wield office junk as weaponry as you make your way through the offbeat procedural dungeons beneath your company campus. Reminds me a lot of Silicon Valley, which is one of my favorite TV shows. So I very well might try this one out.
0: Absolutely. The subtitle is called Going Under, and the subtitle is Internships Are Heck, <laughs> which totally I'm sure fills you in on the, the tone of the game. So that that sounds cool as well. Uh, next on the list, we have Rage, which is a Bethesda title on cloud console and not on PC, um, the original Rage got middling reviews i know that they made some updates to it after it came out and all the reviews dropped um some people really like the game some people kind of bounce off it and and didn't play too much of it but it's a it's a very competent shooter in a kind of post-apocalyptic style world so worth checking out if you think you might be into that
1: we also have Doom, uh, and, the, and some of these we have mentioned in a previous episode where we mentioned that they were coming to Game Pass. Well, you know, now they have been added. So we have the recent, you know, reiteration of Doom, the, the uh, resurrection, I guess you could say. There's 2016 and, and then there's cloud console PC. Yeah, there's
0: 2016 yeah. and then there's Eternal, um, which are both available
1: right and that that again is uh, available for cloud console and pc and there's also yakuza like a dragon cloud console pc uh dishonored death of the outsider cloud and console and pc and that one was an interesting situation if i remember correctly because it's its own standalone expansion but it's not really a full game did you ever get to play that
0: uh, I played parts of it. My daughter played through all of it. She loves the Dishonored games. I, I really like the Dishonored games, but she, those were like her thing. So uh, I actually bought this for her for her Christmas present after it came out, I think, and uh, watched her play a good bit of it. Play a little bit myself, but mostly got to see her play it. And um, if you like the Dishonored games, it's great. Every time they come out with a new... Uh, Dishonored game is worth picking up and then each one of the two Dishonored games have their own expansions, their own DLC, which in some ways surpass the original ones depending on which characters you like and being the the idea here is you get to play as a side character through parts of the story that uh, ran alongside the events of the main storyline or happen after the main storyline so it expands the world a bit, which is really cool
1: Oh yeah, I might have to get back into Dishonored. I gave the first game a try. I heard that the game can actually end differently if you play it stealth, as opposed mm-hmm. to if you kind of like, you know, are, are more freewheeling about more it. More violent. so yeah. I'll have to get back into that. Yeah,
0: you and, increase um, you next, increase like the yeah, chaos yeah, the of the that world we have or something. Is the darkest yeah, Darkest Dungeon. Um, I mentioned. Oh, is that- yeah, so you increase the chaos. Of, sorry, we've got like a delay in our thing. Um, the more you increase, I, there's a word for it. It might be chaos or something. But you, the more you do violent things and get caught, the more the chaos of the world increases. And it affects the way the game plays out, which is is cool. But yeah, then we have Darkest Dungeon, which I mentioned last time. Uh, very Cthulhu-esque kind of dungeon crawler. Sort of uh, roguelike, but with some really cool-looking... Um, 2D art and really dark and, and creepy. Um, another very cool game. And then we also have another Bethesda title here, uh, the, uh, the Evil Within 2, which is on my list of things to try out because I never played the Evil Within games. As much as I love Bethesda titles, I never played either of these. I've watched a bit of them on streams, but again, a very, uh, very creepy kind of world. Um, uh, this game is very Resident Evil in some ways. So worth checking out, and then uh, Wolfenstein Two: New Colossus, which this is the one you tried out recently, right?
1: No, I actually uh, tried out Wolfenstein: The New Order. Oh, the New Order, so I yeah. That's the first one yeah. of the new series. Yeah, the
0: new the new stuff is it confuses me in the name, titles, and whatever. So, yeah, there's that, and then there's uh, D&D Dark Alliance, which we talked a lot about last episode, is now available, and uh, Need for Speed Hot Pursuit Remastered, which is also available through EA Play, but only for console. Actually, you know what? I don't think that's true, because I think I have that online on my uh, launcher as well, on PC.
1: Oh, no way. Yeah. Huh. Well, I... Uh... I might have to yep. update the show notes <laughs> I going off the xbox.com website.
0: Yeah, for some reason, the website's wrong. It, it is available on PC right now. And uh, Going Under is now available right now, too, as I'm looking at it right now. Um, so both of those are available. Uh, Hot Pursuit was a fun game. It was uh, kind of a... The series this a number of years back this originally came out the series came There's been so many need for speed games But the series kind of wrapped back around to the whole like avoiding the cops and dealing with them kind of thing and so it's it's one of the um, Higher rated in the series one of the one of the more beloved ones I did watch a video about this one to see what was updated in the remastered and it turns out It's kind of a mixed bag, which is strange. You would expect that they would be getting like across the board better updates and to maybe some of the car models or some of the um the uh textures or the effects in the world it looks like the textures are kind of a mixed bag in some ways the textures aren't as good in other ways they're better especially when it comes to like the world and the like the trees and the environment some of those are better but then some places the ground is worse some of the car textures are better in some places but a little bit blurrier in others Like they they ran it through some sort of processing that kind of messed with it a little bit. Um, The things that are definitely better are the the resolution that the game can run at. It's not nearly as blurry because it's not as pixelated, and some of the world effects are better. Like for example, shadows actually cast from say wires that run along the the sides of the road, whereas previously. I guess those items were too small or the way the light rendered didn't actually catch them in order to cast shadows. So the the world effects and, that and the lighting are a step up. Um, otherwise, the gameplay is basically the same. The cars handle handled just as well as they used to. They really didn't need to make any updates for that kind of stuff. So it's kind of nice to have this back on the radar. It's not a super old game, but it's definitely a classic and one of the best need for speeds. So if you're into racing and crashing a bunch of cops, might be worth picking up.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm always been a huge Need for Speed fan and I remember I used to play Need for Speed Hot Pursuit and I can't remember whether or not Need for Speed Carbon came out before then or after then, but that was also one of my favorite games. I think that was and before. And so we, we also uh have one of our it might have been before. I'll have to double check that, but that one was one of my favorite uh, racing games and we actually have a review here from one of our listeners, Mark 10 gamer. He tried out Need for Speed Hot Pursuit, the remastered one and uh, wanted to let us know what he thought of it. So here I'm gonna I'm gonna read you what Mark 10 gamer wrote here in the Xbox Game Pass Show channel of our Discord. He says, I dove back into the driving seat with Need for Speed Hot Pursuit remastered being added to the EA Play slash Game Pass list. It has that feel of nostalgia like being the 13 year old with the hype but chilled song list. The cars feel a lot smoother to drive and the views you get as you're speeding down the coast are outstanding. You get the feeling every car has its own personality, which is something I felt the old one did not have. The upgrade can be seen in the weather effects and also in the way the cars all react to the off-road shortcuts. The way they added in the preview missions is an excellent brainwave. In said missions, you get to drive cars you will unlock later on in the game. This, I feel, helps helps keep you engaged and also a taste of what's to come later on. This has me excited for any more remasters or what's to come in future installments of the series. So thanks for that review, uh, Mark 10. And if you would like to write us a review if you're listening to this and you'd like to write us a review of any of the games that we mentioned please uh go right on ahead and post them in the xbox uh game pass show channel
0: yeah we'd love to have your thoughts on this stuff for sure all right well we are at the middle of the show we're going to be back in just a minute and we will be discussing some of our thoughts on the newest games that we've tried and some of the stuff coming soon so we'll be right back All right, here we are in the middle of the show. Thank you everybody for tuning in and thank you for those of you who are new and checking out the show for the first time. We hope you guys are enjoying it and I hope you stick around for our hot takes on some of the stuff coming up. If you would like to help us get the show going, moving off the ground and, and, you know, building a bigger audience, it really does come down to what you guys can do to help us out because there's only so much we can do in making the show. So leaving a review would be awesome. We're up on Apple podcasts. Even if you don't have a player that you listen to on Apple podcasts, as long as you have an Apple account, then you can use that. To leave us a review there and even just telling your friends just being like hey man i'm into this game pass thing you should be playing game pass games with me and oh by the way check out this show because they're going to tell you all the cool things that we should be playing together so that would be amazing we appreciate any help that you guys can give us so thank you so much and um the other thing is just like uh mk10 gamer wrote a uh, perspective on one of the games we're you know we're happy to share some of your thoughts, so if you would like to send us a impression of one of the games that you've been playing, especially one of the newer games, then go ahead and jump on our Discord, Robots Radio Discord, and drop some info in there with a, a quick little review, some of your you know early first impressions, and we could potentially highlight that on an upcoming episode of the show. So, thanks so much for all of your help, and let's talk about some upcoming games. And then we'll get back to the rest of the show. <laughs> Man, I don't know where to put these things yet. I'm like, should we do the upcoming games in the middle of the show? I don't know.
1: They, so we had a weird bag this time around because usually Microsoft doesn't add games on like the 24th of the month. Mm-hmm. So they added a lot of games that I really wasn't anticipating. Probably a byproduct of E3. And so they have a lot of games now coming at the beginning of July, too. So that's just one week separate, you know. Yeah. Um, so we've got a lot of a lot of content for this time around. All
0: right. Well, let's let's get through these. Uh, we have coming just to cloud Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. And have you tried this? Do you remember? I remember when this came out. I never tried it
1: so i never did and i've never been a banjo kazooie fan uh yikes i know
0: but (laughs) (laughs) i've never really played them yeah i've not been into Um, them either this one was the one where you could make like your own vehicles and stuff and the physics of the you know little vehicles you made did stuff in the game or you could fly little planes around and do that kind of stuff supposedly it's it's actually really cool
1: So I I guess that's coming to cloud. So people will be able to play that on their phones. And that is starting July 1st. So that is going to be Thursday that that's coming out.
0: Yeah, and then uh, to console cloud and PC, we have a number of games. Uh, first off, we have Gang Beasts, which is a ridiculous game where you look like a bunch of little gummy people who can pick pick each other up and throw each other around and toss each other off the environment. Um, this is one of those games that you should really play on the couch with a bunch of friends one night, and so you can like throw popcorn at each other and get mad at each other. for. It's just ridiculous. You should go check it out if you haven't seen this before.
1: Yeah, I love the fact that even the game's description calls them gelatinous creatures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's a gelatinous creature multiplayer game.
0: Yeah, it's super silly. And then we have Immortal Realms Vampire Wars. What do you know about this one, Sam?
1: Well, I don't know too much besides the fact that uh, it's described as an engaging strategy game set in a dark vampire world in turmoil that combines empire management and turn-based combat with unique card game elements. When I was looking at the gameplay, it looks a little bit like if you ported Age of Empires into a Castlevania theme.
0: Yeah, there's, there's a lot going on here. It's like a isometric view of soldiers, but then different cards you have that give them different abilities to fight things on the battlefield and kind of a map so that you can move things around on. This might be really cool, especially if you like the setting and you like these kinds of strategy games. It seems very unique. So next on the list, we have, Oh, sorry. We got this weird delay going on. I'm sorry. Um, Did you want to say something else about it?
1: Yeah, I was going to say that I love those types of strategy games, so I'm probably going to try this one out.
0: Yep. And then we have Limbo. This game got a lot of rewards uh, when it came out. This developer has done a number of these indie titles that are uh, striking in their, um, their minimalist graphic sense and in the stories that they tell. Um, what do you know about Limbo?
1: I don't know too much. I do know that it is, like you said, strikingly minimalist. It reminds me of Tim Burton, the Tim Burton movies where it's a little bit dark, a little bit creepy and somehow also meant for children. So <laughs> <I don't laughs> I'm not know. sure yeah. of, like where else to go with that.
0: Yeah, I don't because think that it's this a one...
1: side scroller and it's apparently Go ahead. it's apparently about a boy trying to find his sister.
0: Yeah, I don't know that these are particularly for very dark little children. Yeah, it's pretty dark. Um, And the themes are it's actually it it gets very psychological. So the themes in these games, there's always something more going on behind the game and the way that it's telling the story. So it has some very interesting and more adult themes that kids wouldn't pick up on. And that's part of what makes these games so interesting
1: oh so you've okay so you uh i will definitely have to check that out and it seems like there's so many new indie games coming out where they're all kind of driven they have a narrative that's driven in a very simple gameplay way you know what i mean but it's it's almost like the gameplay is really just a vehicle to tell the story
0: yes yeah and that's one of the beautiful things about indie developers is that they can use these very creative ways to bring us into their worlds and tell them tell their stories and the symbolism through the gameplay is something that you can't do in something like a movie quite the same way as you can with a video game so that's very cool and then we have microsoft flight simulator which is already available on pc but is coming to the xbox series x and s and this game is beautiful this is another one that's on my list of things i need to try out because it looks like talk about games that you can just like chill out on like once you get that plane off the ground and until you need to land it it's just flying over these beautiful almost photorealistic real world locations on different kinds of aircraft and it like it's the kind of thing I wish my dad would get into because at his age I feel like he would just geek out about this stuff once you can get past the controls you know like this is the button that does that this is the button that does that i'll put a little sticky note here so you remember and then like just just zone out go fly over whatever country you've ever wanted to visit you know and just go check it out in the game
1: man i'm probably nowhere close to your dad's age but i'd be super into that (laughs) Um, so i I'm super, I'm a, I'm like, I have that wanderlust. I want to travel much more than I financially can and, and in terms of time can. And so I probably will be downloading Microsoft Flight Simulator uh, at some point in the near future. That one's coming to Game Pass on July 27th. So uh, those who have a PC, I believe it's already available on, on PC. But yeah, you mentioned all of the locations that you will be able to visit. There's over two million cities in Microsoft Flight Simulator. How nuts is that? That,
0: that is amazing.
1: That the development team spent time to, to make two million cities. That's just crazy to me.
0: Yeah, The currently the deluxe version of the game is on Game Pass, which is insane. Like this game has so much in it. And it's just beautiful why haven't i tried this yet um oh you know what it doesn't say it's available the standard version is on game pass they all just have the little label underneath them but you have to go to the standard okay so standard version is on game pass the other ones you can buy to to upgrade to but um but that's still that's still nuts this game seems like the kind of thing it must have taken years to make so very cool stuff All right, I think that's it for our upcoming games for this episode. We'll be talking a little bit more about what's coming later on this summer on our next episode, but why don't we move on with the rest of the show? (laughs) There we go. There's a little boop, and we are... To the main topic, the games that we have played recently, and Sam, I see you've been you've been playing some classics, some well, not classics, some some popular games, and I've been trying out some of the uh, more less well known games. W- w- you want to go first, or do you think I should go first?
1: Yeah, I can go first this time. Sure. Um, so I want to issue a special shout out because I've been trying to stream every time I'm playing Game Pass games. And so I want to issue a shout out to both Awesome Ninja and Markton Gamer who we whose review we read earlier because they both joined me on a stream of Grand Theft Auto online. And so I've taken a hiatus from this game for a little while, but I decided to get back into it, A, because it's on Game Pass and B, because I spent so much time in the game and I have I've grinded in the game for so long that I have all these different assets and vehicles and, you know, I want to use them so i jumped back into it and we uh mark 10 awesome ninja and i we did a few motorcycle club supply missions we did a few air car our air cargo supply and sell missions and immediately we got targeted by griefers uh griefers on mark twos <laughs> and like normally if it were just me I would be bullied by these Mark twos into submission where I eventually (laughs) had to leave the lobby because I couldn't do any of the missions because they would just, you know, relentlessly pound me with their flying motorcycle, uh, rocket launchers and things (laughs) like that. Uh, but thankfully because, uh, Mark 10 and awesome ninja were there, we absolutely shredded these guys. Uh, they eventually ran away from us. So that was heartwarming for me. Uh, and then uh, after that, After that, we got sidetracked, and I think we got a little bit bored with missions, so we decided to hold an impromptu motorcycle race, and then then followed that up with hours of backflip competitions on the dirt bikes, which, it doesn't sound that fun, but it's actually really fun, because you land, like, sick flips, and you're just like, oh, yeah, did anyone see that? Sick flips,
0: bro, that's awesome. (laughs)
1: you ever take this off any sick sick
0: jumps (laughs) So
1: it's a fun group you know it's fun with a group of friends there's tons of shenanigans you can get into for example i'm very much still a part of green gang and for anyone that has uh, seen the grand theft auto memes they know what i'm talking about me and all my friends got the lime green bright neon green alien suits uh all dressed uniformly pulled up to locations and vehicles that were painted l- bright lime green and then we would beat the crap out of random uh people and i don't know <laughs> go on our merry way so you know green gang would strike and then <laughs> and then they would be out Ye- i still have <laughs> okay <laughs> uh I, I i i do still have some gripes with the game and it is related to getting targeted by griefers. I will admit that. And it's also, you know, part of the reason why I took a hiatus from the game for a while. So I'll just list the three reasons that I have. One, griefing. Really, like, first of all, for the community. Really, seriously, guys, come on. Like, I, I get that, like, a lot of people who play this game are, are you know, younger or they're children and they think it's funny. But a large portion of the community, I'd venture to say probably a vast majority, are not children, and they're adults. And they're old enough to know that, you know, like, don't kick someone when they're down too much. Like, there's a point where it's just not, it's not cool anymore. And and for the developer side of it, Rockstar... Find a way to enforce griefing complaints. Red Dead Online has griefing complaints and they work. I've, t- I've been griefed on Red Dead Online. I've reported someone specifically for it. They had an option for it in Red Dead Online. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, action was taken against that person and I didn't get griefed anymore. It was wonderful. It was like having a game that works. And so <laughs> GTA 5 has been out for I don't know how long now. Oh, God. Rockstar seven years? Rockstar needs to find a way to enforce it. And at this point, I don't think they will. I don't don't think think they will enforce it at this point. And it's getting a little bad. I mean, have you played enough Grand Theft Auto online to know what I'm talking about with the griefing?
0: It's one of those things that I'll dive back into every few years. And it's like seven or eight years out now, right? Like this came out on the 360 generation. This was an end of the 360 generation release game, or not release game, but launch, not launch game either. Game that came out that then moved over to the Xbox One generation. Um, And yeah, I played bits of it. I I don't think they're going to address it. I think they realize that that is their audience. That unlike a game like, I don't know, Fallout 76, where most of that most of that audience does not want griefing at all. They don't even want to grief other people. They want to play cooperatively and they want to work together. And there's a very, very, very small percentage of people who even care about any PvP element at all at, at all. Uh, GTA, I think that's probably the majority of their players, is that they like, but the attitude of the game matches. Like, GTA games are about these bad guys doing bad things. Kicking people when they're down and getting kicked when they're down. You know, like, that's the whole mood of the game. So, the fact that that attracts that kind of crowd is like, well, yeah, of course it does, because that's I don't know, that's, that's the flavor of the game.
1: I guess i can see where you're coming from like i don't know what i expected <laughs> i
0: just mean you lightly. could you could want a different type <laughs> and, of gameplay because guess, because you can do other things in the game and it's fun to co-op and do heists and and you know just play the mechanics of the game drive cars and fly things and you know jump off buildings and do all sorts of cool stuff like it's, it's a wonderful sandbox but at the same t- time it's the single player and the tradition of gta has always been this like you know, flip somebody the bird while you're shooting them with a, you know, machine gun and a rocket launcher, parachuting off of a building, you know, like that's what the game is.
1: I guess my biggest issue with it is that you feel compelled to be subject to the griefing. In other games, there might be other game modes where you can get away with it. Yeah. In, in GTA Online, you, you really need to make money in order to buy the things, to have fun. And so even, you know, with me and Mark 10 and Awesome Ninja, you know, we still couldn't do heists, first of all. And so we, we would need one more person. And getting another person to cooperate with us would be its own chore because then they're going to want a, a, an outrageously high payout for a little bit of work that they've done. And, and for those who don't know, each heist requires a number of setup missions. It's a lot of work. And the heists are the only thing with a reasonably quote unquote high payout in Grand Theft Auto Online. The other missions that I was talking about with the motorcycle clubs, they pay you, but it's not nearly to the extent that heists are. And even the most lucrative heists are really only going to net you about a million or a mil- 1.5 million per person, depending on the heist. Now, compare that to the cost of items that are coming out where you're like, well, that looks like a really fun item. I, I want to grind and save up to get that. And so you think about how long it takes to do a heist, all the setups plus the heist and getting everyone to coordinate that, I'd say it's probably an average of like like at least two or three hours. And I'm not talking about a professional group of people who play together all the time and they speed around this, that's gonna be different. But with an average group of people and an average amount of time, it's gonna take each heist two or three hours and you're only gonna net maybe a million if that. And so the cost of the items far outweighs the income ability that people can have. And then that means that people are forced to do the other missions, where it subjects them to griefing, and all of this serves as some weird type of hellish mechanism (laughs) meant to funnel people into microtransactions, where Rockstar can you know take your real money and give you in-game money for a thing to get to put things you know to put this in concrete terms, there is a submarine in GTA Online that costs several million dollars and if you didn't want to grind to save that money if you just wanted to play grand theft auto online and uh and you just want to buy the shark cards that they sell that's going to cost you like upwards of 100 dollars in real money i think yeah who has that kind of money to drop on fake game currency
0: uh kids whose parents don't realize that the game is still tied to their credit card
1: that is the resounding answer among every GTA player.
0: <laughs> Absolutely,
1: yeah. And I don't know. So,
0: yeah, that's and, my gripe. Well, there's that's okay. My so with that, there's two audiences that 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 it's there's the kids who are like, Mom, I really just want the submarine for Christmas. Can you give me the submarine for Christmas? Right. And then there's the kids who play the game every day. They get home from school, they play the game until they go to bed. They get home from school, they play the game until they go to bed because their parents are. You know, they're latchkey kids or, or whatever. Their parents just are, are bad parents. And so they have the money and they can get griefed half the hours that they play, but they still have so many more hours of gameplay and a bunch of other kids to play with. And they just collect the money and eventually buy it. Right. The other audience are the adults who have the money because they have a job and they don't have much of a social life. And so this is what they do. They're they're those same kids who are now adults. And this is the highlight of their day is being able to spend that hundred dollars on that submarine or on that awesome, you know, whatever tank that blows everybody up. So they can grief everybody else because they never got to a mature place in their lives where there was something more important than just griefing people on the Internet.
1: I don't want to get like too high up on a soapbox, but I do want to poke you know, I do want to poke Rockstar's chest here a little bit in saying that this is predatory of a company because we can easily compare it to Red Dead Online, which is produced by the same company. And Red Dead Online has a, such a different economy to it where you can make comparatively more money in less time and buy the really cool things in that game without having to deal with the nearly the level of griefing, that's okay. You can blame the community for that, but you could also blame Rockstar because they facilitate that kind of griefing. And the other thing is, yes, you're going to buy, you're going to make more money in red dead online compared to the things that you can buy. But that's also because Rockstar has set the prices of the things that you can buy. If right. Rockstar didn't want people to have to spend so much time or people to have to go through any level of suffering in order <laughs> to, you know, afford that submarine, mm-hmm. they could just lower the price. But the fact is that their business model works. The business model of, of, of sending people to the shark cards to, to, to for, for people to either grind to hell and back so that they can afford that submarine or just use a credit card, be it their own or someone else's, to get the submarine, it it works. And, and so I'm like many gamers, I'm split between blaming rockstar and blaming the community, but I still feel like on on rockstar's part, it's predatory.
0: Yeah. uh, I think to play devil's advocate. They would say it's capitalism. There's demand. We're supplying a demand. There's, you know, we can charge what the marketplace is willing to pay. So, it's capitalism oh, yeah. and, and we're I'm America and it's capitalism. And so therefore, no, it's not predatory unless capitalism is predatory.
1: <laughs> I'm not saying that it should be illegal, but I am saying it's a douche move.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Yes. And uh, absolutely. And, and so, okay, now I'm getting back from the devil's advocate thing here. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things you can do in a capitalist system that capitalism totally is okay with. That is a douche move. Um, And in a system like this, you're creating an environment that is a, uh, it's basically a theme park. It's like a theme park charging two or three times the cost of a a cheeseburger because you're stuck in the park. What else are you going to do? Did you bring your own food? You probably weren't allowed to, you know? So like, yeah, if you want to play in their (laughs) theme park, then you're going to need to pay millions of dollars for the thing that you want. And you can either grind that out through the hellscape that is other people, or you can pay real world money those are your options. You don't have to play our game, but if you want to, then go for it. And why do you want to be in the theme park? I'm because laughing. your friends are.
1: I'm laughing because, you know, that's a perfect analogue being in a theme park. Um, and as I get older, I'm starting to slowly realize why dad was always in a pissed-off mood at Disney World.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're talking to a guy who lives in Florida. I yeah, I've have done my share of theme parks. I don't need to go to any more theme parks. I'm I'm fine never going to another theme park. But yes, absolutely. So any other thoughts on on GTA?
1: Not on GTA, but I, I do want to just go over uh Briefly, the other game that I was playing a little bit, and that's No Man's Sky. I, I can't um, emphasize how little I played it because I tried it again. I downloaded it. It's a small game. I didn't really care about spending the time downloading it, but I played it by myself for maybe an, under an hour. I walked around scanning things, breaking apart plants, finding pearls and giant clams, and at the end, I just really couldn't get into it. I paid specific attention this time because I remember mentioning that I felt bad I couldn't give the developer better feedback of of why I couldn't get into it. And this time, I'm very, very sure why I couldn't get into it. That's because of the UI. I think the UI and the controls, at least on console, severely detract from this game. And I think the overall aesthetic is a little bit hard to get past where it feels everything is procedurally generated. Well, that's because it is but the ui the controls it's just something about it is not user friendly something about it is not it doesn't activate the dopamine part of my brain Mm -hmm. where if i get that kill if i do that thing i have now been rewarded with a special explosion animation or something on screen i'm making myself sound like a simpleton here but no that totally makes sense
0: that totally makes sense i absolutely get that um yeah, it's been years since I've tried it, so I would have to jump back in to see what I think of the changes, if I even remember exactly how things originally worked.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I'd recommend it, honestly, to to you, to anyone else. Like, I know that's kind of harsh, but honestly, it's just how I how I am at this point. If you played No Man's Sky and it's your it's your speed, you know, don't hate me for it. That's just an honest take. But I understand that you did like a lot of the games that you tried and you tried a few, right? Yeah,
0: well, I've I've got some different opinions. Uh, Let's start with the dopamine rush. Uh, Proteus, like I mentioned before, is basically Doom and Quake. And if you if you play, if you were in the 90s and you played Doom and then you played the follow up to Doom, which was Doom 2, and then the follow up to Doom 2, which was Quake, this game is r- absolutely a spiritual successor. It feels like those games. Uh, the layout of the maps, the way the weapons work, um, the uh, in original Doom you couldn't look up and down, and this one you can. So it's it it's more modernized than that. But all of the characters, all the textures are all pixelated. It's still a 3D world, but it has very simple functions. Um, and before I played Proteus, I played like I mentioned earlier. A, a little bit of Doom 1. I got through like the first four levels that just show my son. And then I played Proteus that same night. And I was like, this feels absolutely like those, those developers just played those original games a bunch and they decided to make a spiritual successor little things like um the way the the frame rate of the animations that the enemies do they're a little bit janky you know a little bit slow when you kill somebody like the top of their body blows off and then they fall down in several like maybe three or four frames um and that kind of stuff that happened in the original games even though the rest of the game is still moving at like 60 frames per second so it feels super smooth you feel like a badass with awesome weapons you uh get to levels where you run through the level you kill all the bad guys you just kind of follow the map to where it goes and you just naturally end up where you're supposed to go and then you hit a button and it opens a door and then you're into the next room and then the next map loads and even the map loading screens are similar to the original uh doom loading screens and that that original doom engine And then you get to these maps where you get to a red door and you can't open it and you need a red key card. Well, that's exactly what happens in Doom in like the first world you're in. And then you get to the upgrade and you get the shotgun and then the shotgun does more damage. And then you get to uh, these little jumping puzzles where you have to jump over things. And then you get to like not only are the the, the, like the regular soldier enemies, but then there's the soldier enemies with the shotguns. And then you come around a corner and guess what's up on a platform above you. But an enemy that tosses fireballs at you like the imps. From Doom like it is it is like if you had Doom 3 but it was built on that original Quake engine this is absolutely that game and it feels super smooth and it was the kind of thing where I didn't take my time I just shot stuff and ran through the levels and just figured out where to go and I just chained it from one level to the next, and I was just boom, 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 kill stuff, get to the next level, boom, 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 kill stuff, get to the next level. Accidentally fell off a platform, respawn, killed stuff, got to the next level. Like, it, and it was just so smooth, and it was it was that that kind of dopamine thing where if you've played these games, you know how they work, you know how to sidestep enemies, you know how to you know dodge around and shoot things and pick up things and and you know get more armor in order to fight this this guy and totally smooth it's the kind of game that you could probably just get sucked into if i hadn't just made myself walk away i probably would have just kept playing it because at no point are there rough edges that make you feel like okay i'm done for now it's just it's just so well done it's intuitive and i think that's because i've played enough of those games and grew up playing those games that i know i speak that language but if you speak that language this is very much in that in that vein, I think you're going to totally enjoy it. Plus you get these flashbacks to like what those original games felt like, which is really cool.
1: So did you obviously you felt nostalgic when you were playing the game. Do you think that the game's target audience is around like, you know, people your age or do you think that they're trying to take something from an older era and make it appeal to younger people?
0: No, I think that they are shooting for people who are like 35 plus, who played some of those original games back in the 90s and um, are going to have the same feeling I had. They're gonna pick this game up and they're gonna go, yeah, I rem- I remember games that felt like this. This is awesome. Um, and, it, and it doesn't play like Doom Eternal. Like you don't get in close and do a, you know, melee kill to get your health back. You gotta find stuff dropped on the ground in order to pick up things to get your health back. And like, it plays like a game from the 90s, um, but so much smoother and with modern game aesthetics and maps that just naturally guide you to where you should go without you know that that's what they're doing um and so you just kind of blow through the maps and it it's very smooth and it's very, it's very appealing in that sense. And there's multiple difficulty levels. So like the, I went, I just started on normal difficulty level. that's usually how I play these games. Cause I want to see what, what they think the average person should be playing at. Right. And so if I really wanted to make this challenge, I'd have to move it up a few notches, um, because at no point was I less, you know, other than when I fell in the lava accidentally, cause I just stepped off the side, um, <laughs> I was side strafing a fireball or something and just boop, right off the edge of like a bridge. Um, but had I not done that, I don't think my health got below like 65 or something out of a hundred, you know, like, like, I, because you know how these games work. You sidestep the fireballs, like, it's, unless I came around the corner and just didn't know the, notice the guy, you know, I passed, shoot me in the back, like, I wasn't taking a ton of damage. So, yeah, so that, that one's worth checking out if you're interested in those types of games or you just like really well uh, polished shooters and you kind of like the whole... Um, <sighs> pixely 3d aesthetic that it works really well for that stuff, you know, or if you're somebody like me who played the originals and just want something that's kind of in that vein, that's not like playing through the originals again, because they do feel old now. Like they genuinely do. And this game feels like if those games were designed today and it had never been created in the nineties, this is what you would have gotten instead. Like had, had doom not really created the first person genre and we had to wait another 25 years, like, this is the game they would have made, so that's what it feels like. Um, I also played Medieval Dynasty, and the same way that you described jumping in the No Man's Sky and feeling like, "Why am I even doing this?" and jumping out, I felt about Medieval Dynasty. It it's it's the kind of game that if you enjoy doing lots of mundane tasks and you find that a stress reliever, and you like nitpicking little details about like where am i going to put this house and where i'm going to lay out the farm and i'm going to spend some time cutting down trees and clearing this part of the forest and building a little road and talking to the neighbors and like if if you enjoy that like that kind of stuff because it's a stress relief because your normal work is stressful. And this is a way to do something different Then it might be the game for you. It's still very early. It has warnings at the beginning that say like, Hey, this is an early version of the game. We're still adding more stuff to it, but it plays well enough. It's first person and that's, it's basically how it works. In fact, in order to start the game, you spawn in like 250 meters. And there's a little like thing on your compass that says like, go over here and talk to this person. But you're like 250 meters away from that person. So you spend like the first three minutes of the game walking to the town. (laughs) Like just walking. That's it.
1: This sounds like DayZ.
0: Kind of. But in DayZ you have to worry about like am I going to walk around the side of a hill and somebody's going to shoot my head off? At no point was I like oh there's wolves howling I better get to the town quickly. Or like, I didn't feel in danger. I saw the farm up ahead. I walked past, past the guy at the farm. I was like I'll stop and talk to the guy at the farm. He's like Hello, but he didn't have dialogue. He just had, like, text. And then I had, like, four different options, and I could trade with him. I have a sense that there's very little conflict. There's some hunting and things. I didn't play it long enough to get into the hunting. But you go into the town. You talk to the main person. You can talk to lots of different people in town. But you go talk to this main person. You ask about, like a relative of yours who used to live there, who no longer lives there. You have a quick little conversation about like, starting out on your own and how they built up themselves from nothing. And then you decide, okay, I'll do that too. And then you decide, okay, I'm gonna go collect some sticks and some reeds down by the river. And then I'm gonna pick up some rocks. And now I made a, you know, a wood and rock ax. And now I'm gonna chop down some trees and then I'm gonna start building a house. And that's what you do. And then you realize that you can't carry enough logs because they're heavy so you can only build the foundation of the house and it shows like you know the structure the rough structure without any walls or, or roof and then you cut down some more trees and then you build a wall and then cut down some more trees and you build another wall <laughs> you do it again and so it feels like a game like the forest or rust but without the threat of the bad stuff um, now maybe after you do certain quest bits threats open up but i don't think so, based on the literature of the game. I think it's actually pretty chill, and until you're actually just going to hunt, there's not a whole lot there to worry about. And your basic health and stuff can be handled by, like, going down to the river and drinking some water, or picking up some berries and some uh, mushrooms and eating. So there's there's those mechanics as well. But super chilled out. I get why some people like this, but if you're not into these games for stress relief, then you're going to find them to just be, like, a job simulator that just has you doing these mundane things and wondering like, okay, why am I, why am I doing all this work in my spare time? So it, you're, I feel like people are either one of those two things without the multiplayer aspect. And I don't know if ever they're going to make this multiplayer. It makes me even more wonder, like, why am I doing this? It's one thing to build a town with your friends. It's another to build a town with a bunch of computer NPCs who you don't care what their opinion is about the buildings you made, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. It sounds like they could have taken the game one of two ways. One being the let's take it the Daisy Rust route where you can play with your friends and there's also the threat of other people mm-hmm. who may just come and pillage and raid, you know? Or they could have taken it the route of why don't we make this a medieval like fair simulator <laughs> where you can <laughs> walk down the street, grab a you know, like a, like a huge turkey leg and then like go hit on the bar winches or something I don't know but yeah like, for those people who love renaissance fairs right you know it, that kind of thing yeah. um so but they didn't take it either way so it kind of leaves me thinking it's only for people who love the middle ages aesthetic
0: that and i think that they're i think i think what the goal of this game was was stardew valley but feels more like you're playing skyrim in stardew valley and i think that the plan is probably to build out the relationships that you build with the other NPCs and a potential, you know, marriage where you can get married and then you bring somebody into your house and then you have kids and then you expand your little village and like all of that stuff. I have a sense that that's where this is going. So if you're into that and you, you want to stick around for when all of that stuff is in the game. And I don't know how much of that stuff is or isn't in the game yet, but if you have the patience to get through some of these like mundane things and you find that appealing, then yeah, I could totally get that. That, that makes sense. You know, like, I can imagine this game 30 hours later where you've got like this little village going and some shops you've made and some workers you've hired and a little family and you know relationships with this town and the other town over nearby and whatever um but i don't know that that's for me so that's kind of where i'm at with that so next on my list i've got worms rumble worms rumble is like i mentioned is like the other worms games uh it's a side view game 2d where you are playing on these maps and there's like team deathmatch and then there's just everything deathmatch. You pick up different weapons. There's some really cool weapons and things. This game has a lot of charm. The Worms games are always full of charm. You're these little worms guys. And then the, uh, the developer is an English developer. So the worms have usually had these little British voices oh no, you know, and they say things like that, you know, like, oh no, I'm going to fall, you know, or whatever. I don't, that's terrible, uh, interpretation of it. But, uh, you know, they say these funny little things, they shoot each other they blow each other up and the maps blow up. And this, the maps don't really blow up so much as you're just shooting lots of things at other worms and you end up in these like battles where you're just kind of, everybody's blowing everything up and it's hard to see everything. That's, so i'll start with the good stuff the good stuff is there's lots of style you can customize your worms there's different skins you can unlock hats outfits um all sorts of fun stuff you can play with your friends i can imagine this would be another one of those games that you get a bunch of people together you play it and everyone's laughing because all chaos is breaking loose and people are throwing sheep at each other and you know banana bombs and all sorts of craziness but where the game falls short uh and the performance of the game works really well it felt really smooth Where the game falls short is that the natural zoom in level is close enough that I most of the time couldn't exactly see who I was shooting at. Because the guns and the things you throw go further than the width of your screen. So for example, there was kind of a choke point on the map that we were playing and blue team, my team was blue team, we're coming in from the left side and red team's coming in from the right side and we're all just attacking each other. Team deathmatch, who can get the most kills? And everything funneled down to these like two little corridors and then opened back up again. And so both teams would get up to those corridors and just kind of shoot through the corridors and toss bombs and things through the corridors. And most of the time you couldn't see who was on the other end of the corridor because if somebody got close enough to go through the corridor, they just got blown up, right? And on top of that, whenever there's an explosion, like if you toss a grenade, it hurts your team and their team. And people are just, like, chaotically tossing stuff down the sky. So there's just explosions, and it's just it's just a chaotic mess. Now, if they were able to zoom that out a bit, and you could actually target people on the other side, then people would... They wouldn't just be spamming shots through there. They'd be, like, hanging back, trying to build a defense and then push through, and then, like, somebody's out in the back sniping, somebody's shooting rockets when somebody comes in the corridor. You know, like, the game there's some balanced stuff that needs to happen. And I think that there needs to be a zoomed out view that allows you to see a little bit more of what's going on. Um, On top of that, if you could zoom out more, you might get more of a sense of the full uh, layout of the map to know that, oh, there's a path that goes over the top where we can sneak over and get behind the other team and take them out so we're not just at the choke point between those two corridors. So that's my interpretation of it. I think that maybe there's more to it than that. Again, I only had about an hour to play this one, Um, but most of the game feels really good and it looks really good. I just don't know that the combat is super balanced. And on top of that, every time you die, you drop everything you have. So if you have a good weapon, you die, your other teammate just goes and picks up that weapon and then uses the good weapon still so killing and because you respond so quickly like killing somebody doesn't get rid of the difficulty of the other team having a good weapon like it should kind of just disappear i would think so that somebody has to go find it again and bring it to the front line if everything's going to be a choke point
1: that dynamic kind of reminds me of some of the older call of duty games and how the objective modes devolved into total chaos because people would just plant c4 and throw countless explosives yeah. on the objective and it's hard to do anything right so yeah. i get the frustration there
0: yeah so and i don't know if that happens on every map um but i think i would feel much more comfortable with the game if i could just zoom out more i wish i could see more even if my worm gets really tiny at least i could see where the map is going and how far my bullets are hitting and try to aim at things at a distance um So that's Worm's Rumble, and the last one on my list is Iron Harvest, and I saved this one for last because I think this might be my favorite out of the four I tried this week. Um, Iron Harvest is a top-down RTS game, and for people who haven't played an RTS game before, a real-time strategy game, and I know there are a lot of people who play on consoles because there's not very many RTS games that come to console. There's like uh, what Halo Wars is an RTS game there's a few others but if you never pick those up you may not really understand what's going on with RTS games RTS games are um, they basically they've all evolved from star uh, uh, ah crap Starcraft. I was like, Starfield? No, that's not even out yet. Starcraft, um, in that you have units, you select them on a screen or you click over them with like a big box and then you tell them to go somewhere and you can tell the units to take cover in a thing or go in a building. You can send little soldiers places. Iron Harvest is designed after a a bunch of artwork that somebody did. And I remember this coming up on uh, some Reddit posts I saw like a decade ago. There was an artist who was taking art he found, I think, at like flea markets and places of just like fields, people working in fields or soldiers or whatever. And he was painting into them these giant robotic machines in the background. These like steampunky robot machines. And that's where the idea for this game came from. And they took that aesthetic and they built out a fictional World War II. It's basically World War II. You are the Germans at the beginning of this game. And there's like the Soviets and there's other factions. And as you go through the beginning of the story, you're playing through like the tutorial section and you start off in the very beginning as this little girl who wants to play with the boys and the boys are being mean and they're throwing snowballs at each other and you chase down the boys and you hit them with snowballs. And it teaches you the the basics of moving one character from one place, taking cover behind a tree, throwing a snowball, using your buttons to choose different kinds of attacks or whatever. And then fast forward her older brother, heads off to war she decides that she wants to fight for her country as well she befriends a bear <laughs> she saves a little bear cub after the mother dies and so the bear becomes like her companion and she takes up uh, shooting with a rifle so she becomes a sniper with a bear and so she's one of your hero units at the beginning of the game, and you come across uh, your you're in your town, and of course the town gets attacked by some other bad guys, and then you meet some of the people in your town that are fighting back, and so that becomes your first squad other than your main character. So you're the girl and the bear is one group and then the six soldiers that you meet is the next group. And then you meet another six soldiers and they're another group. And then you learn to maneuver them and, and hide them behind cover. And it becomes company of heroes. And so if anyone's played company of heroes, the thing that made company of heroes stand out from other RTSs was this ability to manage these very specific conflicts and take units and put them between behind either hard or soft cover in order to protect them. And in a World War II game, it makes a lot of sense because you have a group of riflemen that hunker down behind like a fence and maybe that's soft cover and they take less damage from anything on the other side of the fence. But if somebody comes up and flanks them and starts shooting at them from the side or from behind, they take full damage and they could actually get killed very fast. You also have this mechanic of different weapons do or don't damage certain types of um uh, characters or, or units that you have. So for example, in Starcraft, you could have as many Marines in the world shoot at a tank and it didn't matter if you had one or a hundred, you would kill the tank. The one Marine would do just as much damage as a hundred Marines. Eventually, if you multiplied the time by a hundred and eventually you would blow up the tank in, um, and they would do significant amounts of damage in this type of game if you have a unit with a rifle shoot a tank, it doesn't really damage the tank because rifles don't hurt tanks. <laughs> you need anti-tank ordnance in order to hurt a tank, right? So they have to be tossing anti-tank grenades or they have to be shooting at the tank with like some sort of rockets or, or another tank needs to be shooting at it or artillery or something like that. So this game is designed more like that in that certain types of weaponry do damage to certain types of units. Um, and it expands from there and so it teaches you step by step how these things work how you can take individual uh humans and put them in buildings for cover um and it, it just basically goes through that and it takes you steps through that really uh really well laid out so that you pick up each of those little pieces as you go and um and it's got some heart you know it's got these characters and the girl and her dad and her dad runs off to protect because they're looking for some professor somebody and he distracts the enemy. So the girl and the other soldiers can get away. And like, there's this little storyline that develops. And eventually every time you go through each one of these little levels, you get another type of unit and then it builds and builds and builds. And so you're slowly learning how to go from, you know, a hero unit to infantry, to vehicles, to some eventually these gigantic mechs, like these steampunky mechs that like scrap it out on the battlefield. Um, So it's, it seems like a really cool idea and it also seems like it is playing off of what i think is probably the best rts series that we've had in the last 15 years um and so if you know anything about rts series they tend to either go the starcraft route where everything can hurt everything but some things hurt things something's more or the company of heroes route where there's cover and there's different kinds of units and some do damage to others and some don't um and that difference is much more extreme. So that's, that's my take on Iron Harvest. Well,
1: that sounds like something I'm gonna to have to check out because I was a huge fan of the Access and Allies PC game back in the day. I don't know if you played it, but mm-hmm. I was a huge fan of that one. And I know that that probably went the Starcraft route. Uh, so that this one is probably a little bit different, the one that you were discussing. Um, but I'm interested in the difference because I'm a huge fan of Age of Empires, huge fan of uh, Age of Mythology, too. So I'm interested to learn about what what is a different, you know, similar but different RTS feel like. And I like the aesthetic al- already. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to try this one out.
0: Yeah, those, those games are much more StarCraft in that, it mostly every unit can damage every other unit, and if you stack a big enough blob and throw it at another blob, the bigger blob wins, right? In in this kind of oh, game, yeah. you you have to outsmart the enemy, you have to flank them, you have to have the right kind of unit to take on the right other kind of unit, um, and and it's cool because. And there's also a, a certain level of randomness. And, and I'm talking more about Company of Heroes than I am uh, Iron Harvest, because I've only played so much of Iron Harvest. But in Company of Heroes, like you call down artillery on a on a zone and the artillery hits randomly. And so if the artillery doesn't land on the soldiers that are hunkered down in the bushes in that zone, then they don't take damage. Whereas in a game that's more like Starcraft or, you know, Age of Empires, like, there's Just kind of a zone of damage, and if you're in the zone of damage, you take damage, right? Rather than like individual things that right
1: hit. it's always going to hit,
0: right? Yeah, right. It doesn't matter if you're on the edge of the circle or the middle of the circle, you're hit. And this one, you could be in the circle and never like you could have a really bad role, like RTS, like, um, I'm sorry, RNG, and Every little ordinance hits one little dude in your in your group and everybody dies. But the next time it happens, nobody gets hit at all because they're just they just didn't get hit. Or you could have a situation where um, you got a bunch of people in a bunker and they're all like in like a like a stone reinforced bunker shooting machine guns out the sides. And they look like nobody could ever get them. And the enemy just happens to have one little flamethrower dude who they can sneak up behind and just, just roast everybody. And they just die like like that, whereas if they had come anything else had come up to them, it wouldn't have been able to do any damage because they're in the stone bunker, you know, like it's a it's very paper, rock, scissors, whereas those other games are some paper, rock, scissors, but not to that extreme.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely, definitely going to have to give that a try. Um, So I guess that's it for all the, the games that we have for this episode, right?
0: yeah that's it and um yeah the so one of the things we talked about is giving uh games ratings and i, I think we should give them ratings of like uh you know one to let we should come up with something like one slices of pizza for buddy bot? <laughs> one to, one okay there's normally what eight slices of pizza in the large pizza right yeah so one to yeah. eight slices of pizza and the recommendation isn't the quality like this is not a this is the quality of the game it's a should you try it or not? Because on Xbox Game Pass, you don't have to buy it. You could just download it and try it, right? So what would you give GTA Online if it was pizza? Half, half a pizza, half, so four half slices. A pizza? Four slices of pizza, all right. Half yeah. a pizza, that's not bad. Half a pizza's not bad. All right, what about No Man's Sky? Two
1: slices. Two slices um, of pizza two slices but it, it and again it depends on who, who i'm talking to if i know someone is super into those crafting based narrative games where they're not really looking for excitement at all mm-hmm. then i'm going with like seven to eight slices of pizza but for the general populace two slices
0: okay that's fair that's fair okay so proteus i would give a solid six slices of pizza because um If you were the right audience for this, this is totally an eight slices of pizza game. But for most people, I think as long as you enjoy shooters, you're going to enjoy it. And it's well made. So it's it's I would give it a worth checking out six slices worth checking out. Um, And if you haven't played a game like this, I still think it's worth checking out. So it's more on the good end than on the the bad end. Uh, Medieval Dynasty.
1: Maybe for Medieval Dynasty. Would you go with bags of haggis instead of slices of pizza?
0: (laughs) Bags of haggis. (laughs) Uh, Medieval Dynasty, I mean, everything works, but it still feels like a very early game. So this is the kind of thing that, like, if you're into these style games, then definitely check out. If you're not, give it some more time to cook and see what else they do with it. Uh, I gave it about a three, three slices of pizza on average. Um, Worms Rumble is fun, but it's a little chaotic, and I wish there were some other things that you could do with it. So I'll give it about five I think it's worth checking out. Maybe you'll like the chaos of it. Otherwise it's well-made. So it's on the positive end and iron harvest, I think is, is a six or seven. I think that if you enjoy RTSs, you'll probably enjoy it. And the graphics are beautiful. And, um, I didn't find any flaws in the way the game ran. Everything worked great.
1: Yeah, I do love me some RTSs and I do love me some pizza too. So, <laughs> That's on the top of my list. Yeah.
0: Maybe this should also be how many slices of pizza you should eat while trying the game. Everyone's going to get fat. We're going to make everybody fat.
1: If you're going to, well, I'll tell you what, if you're going to play City Skylines, you're going to go through multiple pizzas because that's (laughs) how long you're going to be playing that game.
0: There you go. All right. Well, that's our ratings for the week. So we've got slices of pizza. I hope you guys enjoy that. Um, We'd love to hear your pizza ratings. So jump join us on the discord robots radio discord. You can just search it on Google or look at the show notes. And again, if you are interested in picking up game pass or buying anything from the Microsoft store, use our link bit.ly slash X B G pass. So Xbox game pass X B G pass and uh we get a little bit of a kickback for anytime you guys use that so thanks so much and thanks for tuning in everyone sam you have anything else going on before we head out that you want to share
1: uh not much i would love it if people who listen to uh to the show people who are in the discord hit me up uh, i will be streaming games on game pass like i've uh, been doing like i mentioned and just like mark 10 and awesome ninja join me for a stream of um Grand theft auto today i would always love for other members of the community to maybe suggest games to me be like hey you know maybe we should play this totally receptive to that and uh, i can't wait for you to get your xbox that way we can play some games together too
0: yeah i didn't mention that on this show i mentioned it on the mass effect show we did yesterday um i was able to order from best buy an xbox Series X, which is super exciting because I know they're hard to get. I saw a notification on Twitter and they were like, hey, these are in stock. And I was like, "Okay, let's see if I can get one. And it ended up in my cart and then my credit card information ended up in there and it was still in my cart. And then I hit buy. So now I've got an Xbox Series X coming. And I was like, well, that's a that's a work expense at this point because I have to. I have to try these games out on different platforms, you know? So I uh, actually tonight just got, this. this was like two days ago and I was, uh, I was expecting that it was going to be at the store for pickup on Wednesday. I got an email on my phone and it was said, Hey, guess what's ready for pickup. And I'm like, well, it's already after the store is closed, but yeah, I can go tomorrow, probably pick it up tomorrow, which is going to be great.
1: That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah.
1: Yeah. And you have ultimate, right? So you I do have game pass for pc and xbox
0: that's right so i get to download um, some of these games that i can't play on pc and play them on my xbox and i could still try to play the the ones on the cloud on the different platforms as well so i've got all sorts of different options at this point which is super exciting so yeah look for more info on that stuff in the future all right guys well i'll be streaming some stuff uh you can always come to our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash robots radio for different shows during different nights of the week. Lots of different lore casts about Fallout and Elder Scrolls and Cyberpunk and Mass Effect and all these other games, Dungeons and Dragons, different nights of, of the week. But then I also do some game streams when I can, sometimes during the day and sometimes in the evening. So if you want to catch me on a game stream or would like to join me in a game, maybe a, a Game Pass game that we can play together, make sure you follow the channel, turn on notifications, and you can even join the Discord to see notifications for when Either of us are live or other people in our community are live. So come join us. Be part of the community. We'd love to have you. All right, everyone. Have a good rest of your week. We will talk to you again next week with some more updates and thoughts about some of the new games we've tried. See you guys later. Are you an avid player of the Elder Scrolls Online and looking to take your game to that next level? Well, the Red Diamond Courier Podcast is here to help. I'm Bob Chichinski. And I'm Dogbark24. We are two experienced players aiming to help others learn and improve through in-game knowledge and references. From PvE. To PvP. And everything in between. There's sure to be something for you in the Red Diamond Courier. We We hope hope you check check us us out. out. Thanks. Hey, I'm Pylon. And I'm Doc. And if you've ever played
1: an Elder Scrolls game, you've probably used UESP.net to help you find information about a quest, dive deeper into lore, or really learn anything about the Elder Scrolls.
0: But did you know we have a podcast too? Every week we bring you the latest in Elder Scrolls news, dig deeper into topics surrounding the game, and have a ton of fun while doing it.
1: You can find us on your favorite podcatcher by searching the unofficial Elder Scrolls podcast. Can't wait to see you all there.